we cordially welcome you to this contemplative meeting of the Golden Rosy Cross. We are glad that you, in your quest for answers, can join us in this special moment. We hope to experience together a clear impression of something pure, the touch of the Gnosis, that will guide us in our quest, if we allow it. This radiation of the highest vibration connects us directly with the deepest depths of our being, not as an external teacher, a master, or a system of precepts, but as an inner impulse. Dear friends, who doesn't know the classic adage, Man, know thyself. Millennia ago, in the days of classical Greece, when Gnosis became known, this aphorism of wisdom was engraved in the pediment of the Temple of Delphi. The Temple of Delphi was dedicated to the highest aspect of the divine. Today, this wisdom is clearly disseminated in the school of the Golden Rosy Cross. The aphorism, Man, know thyself, marks the beginning of the liberating path. In the Tao taking from China, this beginning is formulated as follows. He who knows himself is enlightened. And the end of the path is expressed as follows. He who conquers himself is all-powerful. A correct understanding of the beginning of the path is essential if we are to achieve the goal of bringing the true light back into our being. Today, more and more people are thinking and writing in a spiritual sense about self-knowledge and personal development. But the focus is mainly on the personal, the individual. Since the emergence of psychology, the focus has been on individual processes and personal experiences. In other words, it's all about the multiple difficulties of the I as it struggles in the midst of this world to remain on top of it, where so much energy is lost in the vicious cycle of unresolved ideals and problems. 
What's missing is a true understanding of the microcosm, the small world system we inhabit, and its auric sphere that encapsulates it and of which our physical being is only one part. This is why in the early days of our era, Hermes warned, Know that you are a microcosm. We, as physical human beings, are born according to the product of the past. We are born within the frameworks of this nature, namely race, peoples, tribes, family, and finally parents. These are very limited frameworks. The very source of our life, the soul, can only express itself within them very partially. Seen in the light, it has to be said that we don't really live. No, we survive on a minimal basis that can barely be called human, that hardly approaches the divine potential of being a human. This mode of survival has forced us to adopt ways of living that have been inscribed in us for many incarnations. These patterns are so refined, so intelligent, so ingenious so powerful on the mental and astral levels, so effective and so well integrated that ordinary people like us can't imagine to do anything without them. As a result, without true knowledge, gnosis were completely shackled by these instincts 
and behavioral patterns. For this reason, the result of this whole survival situation is called our fate, our lot. There is an emergency order that is protected and washed over by what Hermes calls the Lords of Fate. It is they who regulate the rise, the shine, and the fall processes so as to guarantee the soul the possibility of returning to true life. To achieve this, however, a fundamental and total reversal of the consciousness is required. We must turn away from living from our egocentric self and turn towards a living from the soul. Everything we're talking about here, dear friends, is a matter of essential self-knowledge. We need to be deeply aware of the fact that it is destiny that drives us forward and that we will always feel in the background of our lives anguish and uncertainty for as long as we are unaware of our situation and do not radically change our orientation it's this anguish that causes so many of us today to lose ourselves in a psychological research into ourselves and into accentuating our individuality or more likely our I-centrality. Our anguish comes from the impossibility of observing oneself objectively as long as we remain trapped inside this dialectical perception of nature. Let's quietly forget that we might learn something from our particular astral dependence and personal karma. All that is a hermetically sealed book. Nor is it what we need. Our openness to examining the general human situation and our willingness to apply it to ourselves depends on our soul's level of distress. Only when we have truly reached the dead end in our eye centrality is there the maturity necessary to discover what the universal wisdom teaches us and what we say so often in the golden rosy cross that the ego consciousness and therefore also our ego consciousness is merely a driving force keeping the personality alive the personality can only be described as a partial creation being only the basis, the starting point of a true human becoming, a starting point that is still purely animal. If propelled by the distress of the soul, we truly understand this, then we can speak of true knowledge.
of self-knowledge. This is a very special moment because at that very moment, a reaction follows from the heart of the microcosm we call the rose, the rose of the heart. The great prospect of the rebirth of the soul is always revealed as soon as we take a realistic look at our imprisonment and become deeply and fully aware of it. We call this realistic view of our current situation self-knowledge, and the openness of the rose of the heart is the light that pours over us and enters us on our path. This is why Lao Tzu said, He who knows himself is enlightened. Self-knowledge, Gnosis, opens the door to knowledge of God. In ancient Greek Gnosis, know thyself was the first condition for entering the temple of Delphi, dedicated to Apollo, the god of sun and light the God who represented the good, the true, and the beautiful. Today, the Golden Rosy Cross, we are dedicated to Gnosis, and our activities bear the same signature and the set the same entry requirements. What can be revealed to us in these activities depends, in fact, solely on how we participate on our inner state and our inner orientation. Inside these activities, the Gnostic solar light shines forth, revealing the all. In this light, we can see clearly with our inner eye. On the other hand, or on one hand, we can clearly observe 
our personal state. And on the other hand, we can see something of the golden sparkle of the soul shining through, so that the path becomes clear to us. But even our ego is fascinated by the whole and sees all kinds of possibilities, although obviously within the limited scope of the ego's focus. He or she will want to use the light for his or her own purposes. The ego will tell itself these aims are very noble. However, they are never liberating. That's why each and every one of us must remain vigilant to avoid falling into the ego's imaginations. From the very moment one enters the spiritual school as a pupil, we are invited to keep searching, to examine whether what we think we see as light is in fact not darkness. We can study all the wisdom in the world, all the Gnostic literature, but if we don't learn to distinguish within ourselves the difference between light and darkness, between soul and ego, between living and surviving, then we will remain trapped in the darkness of the cause of the ages. Feelings and resistance will continue to play a part for a long time, but those who know their inner light and follow it will be ready to connect and to dedicate themselves to the group to which they will now belong, the community of new souls. There may be moments of doubt, misunderstanding, or mutual conflict, but if we allow the soul to take the lead in our lives, we will devote ourselves to all those who walk the path, to all those who seek the way, that is, to and for all humanity of him or her, Lao Tzu says, he knows his light, yet he stands in the shadow, meaning that he or she is humble and aware of his or her limitations. It is in group unity and helpfulness that he or she will find their destiny. Yet, they will continue to look to the mountains for their salvation. And when we talk about helpfulness, we are talking about the power of love. Yet few concepts are so often misunderstood. However, everything has their own image, their own conception and therefore their own limits when it comes to love. And yet, it is said that in love, we shall be all victorious. 
If we want to continue our path to the end, we will certainly remain focused on love, the love that makes everything perfect, but which must be released by each individual. Both soul and love associated with the notion of fire, the fire of the soul, the ether fire, burns always all obstacles, all enmity. So it's only logical that we should focus on the fire principle within us. It is said that only the soul, the soul flame, can kindle the fire of love in the heart. This pure love force of the heart must be communicated, which, is, which it always does, through actions. That is why ultimately it is love that brings salvation. We could talk about love for a long time, but there are no words capable of fully expressing its power. Love cannot be captured in images. When love manages to spring forth in a human being, its fire first illuminates the sanctuary of the head, and it appears to consciousness in the form of a clear understanding or vision. It will always or it will also be demonstrated by an act, by a concrete reality, perceptible to those who have the eyes of the soul opened. In the past, the ego was the only master and wanted to assert itself. Its traces in the astrosphere of our microcosm were very powerful and magnetic. The past refers to the situation we were in before we were touched in our hearts by the light of the noses. Even every step along the way that we put off until tomorrow or later is the consequence of the power that the past exerts over us. That's why, as far as possible, 
do everything you can to close off the past once and for all. And this is within your power because victory over the past is based on the here and now of the Gnosis. This present, which is outside time, will create a resting point of non-earthly quality. In this state of balance, the weight of the past is relegated to the background in the vacuum of light where the opposites are in balance. We can transcend the nature of death that weighs so heavily upon us. Now we stand even better the deeper meaning of the encouragement to keep heart and head in the light. Only the soul overcomes the past. Only the fire of the soul is kept alight in spite of all enmity. Break all astral ties holding you to the old astral field of life and link up with the new astral field, that of the Gnosis and the brotherhood of life. We too in our time can realize, thanks to the fire of the soul, to what extent in everything we feel, perceive or say, we are either on the path or still too much in self-maintenance. Ultimately, the fundamental change occurs if we persevere, if we follow the soul in a state of neutrality, of chosen solitude, of intelligent waiting for our day of the Lord, with our eyes always directed towards the mountain from which help comes, and we nurture inner rest and the certainty of victory, not because I want to, now or later, but with the attitude your will be done. Not as a kind of prayerful attitude. What is envisaged is silently raising one's mind in the abstract, without special thoughts or images, without expectations or demands. It is in this state that the inner temple opens for us, the inner oracle of the spirit in which the reborn soul can immerse itself and grow into a state of perfection. The spirit can then project itself into the reborn immortal soul, bringing true life, a new awareness, and the power of free thought. What is new, free, pure, and truly good always arrives at the manifestation of light, and simultaneously, in that same light, is the perception of the immortal soul. Light cleaves the darkness and shows the way unerringly. Light manifested in this way finally becomes for us perfect understanding. 
This is how we understand what is meant by the return of the light in our lives. The divine light radiates continually and will at some point be seen again in the clouds of the aura, in the auric sphere of the soul for whom the path is now complete. For when the pupil is ready, the master is there.